This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. You know, up until this week, BC was going it alone when it came to going after the makers of opioid drugs, companies like Purdue Pharma, you know, the makers of OxyContin. We launched that lawsuit last year with allegations that the companies, and more than 40 of them, should have known or did know that the drugs were too addictive and were finding life in the illicit market. Now, these are the drugs that have undeniably been linked to our opioid overdose crisis. And all over the world, there are now questions for the makers of those drugs about how they were marketed. For instance, in the United States, there have been numerous states pursuing the same argument. And this morning, a lawsuit got underway in the state of Oklahoma. It was against the multinational conglomerate Johnson & Johnson. Have a listen to this report from ABC News' Andy Field. Oklahoma is just one of 42 states suing drug companies with a claim those drug makers weren't honest with patients on how addictive their opioid medication was. The state says Johnson & Johnson should pay for two decades of rising opioid addiction. Purdue Pharma, which makes OxyContin, avoided today's court date by offering a $270 million settlement with Oklahoma. Now that is huge, but you heard what he said there. 42 states out of 50 pursuing a lawsuit like this. Here in Canada, we know that BC has unfortunately led the country when it comes to the number of people dying from opioid overdoses. And for several years now, we've had this public health emergency here. Now, other provinces are seeing this problem increase as well. In Ontario, for instance, there were 726 opioid-related deaths in 2016. But last year, that number went up to 1,127. And what we are seeing in this country now is a turning point, a recognition that BC isn't the only province fighting this problem. Quebec launched a lawsuit last week targeting 27 pharmaceutical companies in that province. And then we heard this week that Ontario is joining BC in its lawsuit. So we wanted to find out why now. Why is Ontario getting on board with this? Well, Robin Martin is the parliamentary assistant to Christine Elliott, Ontario's Minister of Health and long-term care, and made the announcement that the province is going to join BC. We had a chance to catch up with her a short while ago to ask why that is. Well, thank you very much for joining us to talk about this today. First of all, may I ask, why did Ontario make this decision now to join this lawsuit? Well, our understanding is that uh, BC commenced the lawsuit in August of last year, and we're getting to the stage where the first um, they've they've served all the uh, the parties that they had to serve, which I understand took some time. They're getting to the stage where they'll have their first date, uh, court date before the case management judge, mm-hmm. um, and and that's I think scheduled for June. So we want to be there and be involved. Uh, we want to be involved from the beginning, um, and so it seemed that this is this is the apt time to do it. And certainly we want to pass the legislation that allows us to do it before our our, uh, legislature rises for the summer. Now, we've talked a lot here in BC about the impact of opioids in this province, but what has it been like in Ontario? Is this a, a growing problem there? Yes, it is a growing problem, unfortunately, in Ontario. I think BC uh, started, had the problem before we did, uh, but we certainly have a significant problem here as well in Ontario, I think in other parts of the country as well, but really BC and Ontario are the most significantly impacted by the crisis. And, you know, it's had a huge cost, uh, uh, an enormous cost, really, both in terms of the lives lost and, mm-hmm. and the impact on our public public health care system and the front lines of public health care. It, it really is devastating for people who are impacted, and uh, we're taking a number of steps to, to battle 
this crisis and to try to to make sure that we're doing everything we can to make sure people have help and are protected as much as possible. And that includes going after uh, people who have contributed to the crisis. We want to make sure that they're paying their fair share of the costs. Right. So are you seeing overdose numbers increase as well? Yes, we are. I mean, I think BC still has um, a higher number of overdose deaths uh, uh this year, mm-hmm. but we are closely uh, approaching the number that um, that BC has. You know, was there anything that Ontario could have done to prevent this? Because I know, like, for us, it's been several years of a public health emergency, warning other provinces, but did, was there, do you think, a feeling in other parts of Canada that this was a BC problem? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't think problems like this uh, can be contained in a single jurisdiction, I think people were hoping and praying it wouldn't uh, spread, mm-hmm. but um, you know, certainly people were aware of what was happening in British Columbia, uh, and uh, and really feeling for the people in British Columbia having to deal with it. I don't think the solutions are that obvious. You know, there are a number of things you can do. You you've opened uh, supervised consumption sites out in in BC, in Vancouver, and we have as well uh, across Ontario. Um, we've just created a new model called a consumption and treatment service uh, site model, which is more wraparound services. So we're trying to help people when they do make the choice that they would like to stop uh, uh, using these drugs, that there is a way for them to find primary care help and rehabilitation and treatment right away. So it's sort of a wraparound model. Um, We're looking, you know, for best practices everywhere and and trying to improve. But BC was on the forefront of it, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. I think the rest of the country knows and can see, you know, that the problem is not one that can be contained to any one jurisdiction. Now, is Ontario, are you talking to the medical community at all about the, the prescribing of these opioids? Is there anything that's going to change in that regard? Well, we certainly have talked with the medical community about that. uh, And I know that, uh, you know, steps have been taken to, you know, look at uh, are there certain doctors who prescribe more um, and what is the nature of of their practice that they might need to prescribe more. Um, So we're looking at that. We're we're sort of looking at everything we can do to make sure um, that uh, that we're we're limiting uh, the supply and limiting the problem as much as possible. And what does Ontario hope to get out of the lawsuit then? Well, ultimately, we're we're bringing the lawsuit because um, we want to be part of this this action. We want to, first of all, with passing the legislation, have the right to sue. Uh, but we want to make sure that uh, we can recover past and future health care costs borne by our taxpayers due to opioid-related disease, injury, or illness. And we want to make sure that we can, as I said, ensure that those who contributed to the crisis help us to defer and, and um, pay, actually, help us pay for the fair share of, of their costs. Do you foresee other provinces perhaps joining as well? Yeah, I don't know the numbers statistically in other provinces at this point as to whether they have a, you know, as many, they, mm-hmm. uh, certainly they don't have as many. Uh, BC and, and Ontario are unfortunately on the forefront of this crisis. So I don't know if other provinces would see it as... Um, as something that they should get involved in. It may change over the next year or so as as the crisis is spreading and, you know, the use of these uh, drugs are spreading. Um, it's, I hope <laughs> I hope that nobody yeah. else uh, has to deal with this problem, but I think, you know, it's possible that other jurisdictions 
you know, probably based on population, you know, more than anything else, will have some of these challenges as well. And, and you may see other people joining into the litigation. You mentioned that you have to pass some legislation. What does that involve? What's needed here? Well, we've brought forward uh, a piece of legislation called the Opioid Damages and Healthcare Cost Recovery Act 2019. And if it's passed, it will allow us to take the, the further action to battle this. It'll allow us to have the right to sue uh, opioid manufacturers and wholesalers for their alleged wrongdoing uh, in order to recover the costs, as I said. And the act would also provide special special rules that are kind of technical legal rules uh, designed to facilitate the litigation process because it's a, it's a class action in British Columbia, et cetera. Um, so the, the act essentially would facilitate our participation in the suit. Okay. So you expect that to happen fairly quickly? Yeah. I mean, I think uh, our, our legislature is scheduled to rise on June 6th, so we hope the legislation will be passed before then. As I said, we'd like to participate in the case management conference, the first one scheduled in with with the judge uh, who's been assigned, and uh, that's in June. All right. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. That's Robin Martin, the parliamentary assistant to Christine Elliott, who's the Ontario Minister of Health and Long-Term Care.